0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Daily Bread. Glad to be back. It's been about a month since I did an episode, and I'll get into a little bit why. But uh, glad to be back. Glad to see you guys. A lot has happened since the last episode. The last episode to jog your memory was the very week before the BlackRock ETF news, and we were pretty much just about near the bottom uh of bitcoin and we were getting hit with all of the sec coinbase binance all that fud with the lawsuits and all that stuff um and it's funny because in that episode uh if you recall i was saying how it's very interesting that they're doing this and then the soros um uh, the ceo of soros's fund had come out and said oh but we see a future in crypto and i was and i was Basically, I'm I, I gonna give myself a little pat on the back here. I basically called it. It happened much faster than I thought. Than I thought, but uh, I said the institutions are coming for your crypto. Don't sell your your coins to them. And then you know the very next week, BlackRock announced its ETF, and uh, away we went. And it's been very positive since then. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about one. Well, we'll get into all the the ETF stuff. Whatever. There's nothing like crazy to say about that. More just like. Big picture I think. Um the market looking forward. Uh you know, I, I've been super active on Twitter. I just haven't been making uh videos or, or podcasts. Um and uh you know, I post a lot about how like we are in an an uptrend. You know, if you look out and you zoom out on your on your trading view and go to the monthly uh, candles, you can see that we are now in a six-month uptrend that started in January this year, and now obviously we are in July, and so June closed with a great monthly candle, and we basically had six months where we are just consistently making higher lows and higher highs. Um, we haven't quite made a higher high on this one yet, but obviously you know the trend is just starting. Um, but basically, we're we're in a high high time frame uptrend. And that's been confirmed for like six months now, and so I wanted to talk a little big picture. Obviously, we have these bullish catalysts. Just today, I'm recording this Wednesday, July fifth. You know, Larry Fink went on uh, Fox Business News and called crypto and Bitcoin like a digital gold, an international asset. All these, uh, all these positive things. So we'll get into all that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about why I haven't been recording as much, and I kind of thought it'd actually be helpful to a lot of you, probably. Um, and the answer is very simple. Just one, obviously, not a lot was going on. Uh, I feel like I haven't, you know, not a lot's changed other than the ETF thing. I mean, yeah, it's been cool. We went up, but like, uh, it's been st- still a pretty quiet market overall. It's not like a ton has happened in the last few weeks. Uh, but second, uh, I just kind of have been in a bit of a trading rut. I haven't been performing as well as I was in the beginning of the year. And so... I really just wanted to focus in and hone in on my trading and less on everything else. And uh, part of that too is that, you know, I come on here and I talk about trading and and things and I felt like I didn't have anything to say. You know, it's, it's hard to come on and talk for an hour when I'm like, I'm not even trading that well right now. So or I wasn't in that time. I'm getting, getting back on the horse now. But I was having like, you know, I was having a little down stretch and I kind of, you know, you lose motivation to like talk about trading when you're in a downtrend, right? Or in a personal downtrend, I should say. Um, and so I wanted to talk about like, that part of trading? Because a lot of trading is very sexy, right? It's very like, oh, you post the big P L and everybody loves to post the big winners. And I'm totally guilty of this, you know. I always post the big winner on Twitter when I called this or whatever, but, you know, not everybody shares their losers. Not everybody shares when they're not trading well, when they're in a rut. And I think that's like the actual important part, right? Because the more majority of trading and this kind of applies, I was thinking about how to how to approach this episode. And, you know, it's kind of I mean, it's kind of just life, right? It's like most of life is toil and hardship, right? Most of life is not that good. Most of life is working towards the good outcomes. But those good outcomes are mostly few and far between most of life, most of business, most of trading is hard, and not that fun and not very sexy and boring, right? And tedious. So I wanted to talk about that aspect of things. And I've talked about it a bit before on the show, but I wanted to go, I guess, just because it's been what I've been doing the last few weeks, which is just what to do when you're in a rut, what to do when you feel like you've stagnated, you're in a down streak, you know, you maybe you're getting a little tilted, you're feeling off your game, you're losing some confidence in yourself, whatever, right? What to do and get yourself out of that, since that's what I kind of just did over the last few weeks. Um... And I guess we'll just get right into it. So basically, the first things I did um, was say, okay, I'm clearly having like not making money right now, right? And I wasn't so much losing so much money uh, because I've been pretty good about keeping things somewhat tight. Um, So I wasn't facing huge drawdowns, but I really was just like not making money. I was chopping myself up. I would make some money, lose some money, make some money, lose some money for like two months straight. And it sucked because... I really was bull posting the bottom if you follow me on Twitter and I was I was I was maintaining a bullish uh outlook but I really had lost money on the way down and then I kind of made back what I lost but then I wasn't like like up a ton for being bullish you know I was I got bullish too early basically on the downtrend and that was my first mistake um but overall it's like when you're when you're in a losing streak what do you do to get yourself out of it that, that's what I want to talk about. And you have to ask yourself one, like, why am I losing? Uh, that's first, right? Did I just, am I making bad trades? Or is it that, you know, I'm just unlucky, right? Because ultimately, trading is a game of probabilities, right? We are just making probabilistic bets. And the goal is that over time, you are net profitable, right? So you're going to have losers and winners. And then in the long run, you're going to generate profits. And so there is times with the case of probability, right? It's it's like, you know, if you're flipping a coin 50 times, well, there's a good chance that you're going to lose five, 10 coin flips in a row, right? And that's just unlucky and it happens, right? Um, and so is it just that your your probabilities haven't shifted on the trades you're making? You're still taking good probability trades, uh, risk adjusted, all of that, or is that you're making bad trades, you're making mistakes, you're getting sloppy, you're getting loose, you know, you're kind of shooting from the hip and winging it a little bit more than you should, you know, and you that's part of just being honest with yourself with trading. Um, And I, you know, one thing I do that I'm pretty religious about is I record pretty much all of my trades. Sometimes I'll get a little lazy with it, but I pretty much record every single trade I make. Um, And especially when I'm in a funk, I get extremely disciplined about it because you have to be brutally honest with yourself with trading. There's no there's no lying to yourself with trading. You, you 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 don't get away with that stuff. Maybe in a in a raging bull market you'll get away with bullshitting yourself, but in a market like this, there's no bullshitting yourself. You you, you either are are making good trades or you're not, and it's gonna be very evident in your PL. And basically I just Wasn't making as many good trades. And I was making a lot of dumb mistakes, a lot of um, things that I know that I do that, you know, it's kind of like old habits die hard. And it's like we all have our certain bad habits when it comes to trading. And for me, when I get on a losing streak, those bad habits tend to come back up. And the reason for that is that I'm chasing profits because I haven't been profitable and I want to make money and so then I start forcing trades and I start making mistakes and taking, you know, bad trades that I know are kind of gambles essentially and they don't pay off, you know, in the hopes of oh I just need to make that money back that I lost, right? Or I haven't made money in a month, I need to like, you know, take a big swing on this and and do that, right? And when you start doing those things, those are the bad habits, and that's really how you can go down a bad streak. The the thing that I'm good at, I will say, is I'm pretty good at identifying faster, much faster than I used to be in the past, I should say. Still do still make mistakes, but I'm quicker at identifying when I'm not in a good trading mindset and when I'm when I'm when I'm just not making good trades, when I'm making lots of mistakes, when I'm when those bad habits are are showing up again. Um, and kind of quickly addressing them so that I don't lose a bunch of money, right? Because the worst thing you can do, and I've done this, is like you you start losing your, your, your streak, you're feeling cold, you're not, you know, it's just not hitting, you're like, ah. And then you just start forcing trades and you lose a bunch of money. Because the worst thing you can do is like then, you know, one thing is giving back gains. Another thing is then eating into your principal, Right. And so at the very least, I didn't really eat into principle. I just kind of was giving back gains that I was making earlier in the year. And you never want to do that, but it's not like I'm negative for the year or anything like that. I'm still up decently for the year. Uh, I'm just not up nearly as much as I was uh, or should be, right? And so what are the mistakes that I make? And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to these. There's a few common ones, Um, or I should say, before I get into the mistakes I make, identifying the mistakes you make. That's number one. How do i how do you do that well it's very simple record the trades you make yeah it's tedious yeah it's annoying but you got to do it it just every time i slack on recording my trades i'm a worse trader i'm telling you you just you are a better trader when you record your trades i have a very simple spreadsheet okay uh maybe uh, i have to like blur stuff out i mean maybe i can take a screenshot or something of my spreadsheet and share it but it's it, I keep it super simple. I used to have like more complex stuff. I just keep my spreadsheets super simple. Um because I don't I don't like to overcomplicate these things. because uh, if it's a lot of work to do something, then it's easy to get lazy about it. I try to make it where it's just like I literally enter the ticker and I enter basically the size and then um the current value of the trade if I'm in it and then the uh the the profit or loss once I close, right? And that's it. And then I'll write a little note next to it, why I entered the trade, what was my thought process, whatever, if it was a good trade, a bad trade, you know, things like that. Was it? Did I lose money on this because it was just unlucky and it was just whatever, it went against me, or did I lose money on this because it was a bad trade, I had bad information, I had bad, wrong assumptions, it was a gamble, whatever, right? Um, and just being honest with yourself about those things, because there's bad, there's trades you lose money on that aren't bad trades, right? And so obviously you have to always have that distinction between was this a bad trade or was just you know, hey, you don't, nobody bats a hundred percent, right? You, you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss a bunch of trades, and that happens. It doesn't mean it was a bad trade. It was just mean the probability didn't go your way that time, right? So you have to identify those things. Um, And then journaling that's something that i got back to i did it i've done it a lot in the past and then you know you get on a win streak you start doing well you start journaling less um and i had lost the habit of journaling and you know as soon as i started losing money and was just in a bad streak i was like i need to i need to start journaling again i need to start reflecting and and it really really helps you know i know some people say oh journaling's for losers i don't know i don't care what people say journaling when it comes to trading uh, really, really helps because it makes you like force um, accountability. The thing with trading is that it's such a solo endeavor. You're 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 ultimately totally responsible for every trade you make, and you're responsible for your profits and losses. And because you don't have anybody to hold accountable uh, or holding you accountable, you have to be really good about holding yourself accountable. And so that's why I'm pretty religious about writing down every single trade and you know now getting back to and i'm gonna really really make an effort to not when things go well get lazy with my journaling um and just writing down you know and it's not a lot like i have my i literally write down i don't wanna uh maybe i can i don't know if you guys can i don't i don't wanna i don't wanna like show what i write but anyways basically this is it it's just a little journal and i just write like a page or two of stuff um sometimes every day not most days i do it i don't do it every single day but i do it most days um and i'll just write like like one thing i'll I'll show you um like this was this was a trade okay i'll I'll just I'll just read you uh fuck it fuck it i'll just read you well, we'll I'll just this was this was uh last week june 26th okay um basically what happened on this day uh what day was this i'm trying to think okay yeah yeah the market ripped uh oh this was the day arbitrum ripped. okay okay so i was building a big position in arbitrum because i'm pretty bullish arbitrum for the long term and uh with the eip 4844 that's coming out i'll probably talk about that in a future episode um but i'm bullish on that as a catalyst for arbitrum they have no unlocks until march next year and generally i just thought it was bottomed out once it lost a dollar and then reclaimed it i was like okay this thing looks good as far as like the downside risk i think is is not too bad i think the bottom's in on this and i think it's going to start to trend up for the rest of the year Uh, because it did that classic like airdrop you know launch hype and then just bled out for like two months or whatever three months however long it was bleeding out and then it found a bottom and now it's going to start going back up we've seen that with a bunch of airdrop tokens it's a very common pattern so i started building this position in arbitrum but then i kind of shook myself out of it uh and i closed a bit early and i was just like it was just a spot position because this was something i was going to hold but i've i've kind of lost the muscle of really holding things through the bear market because as you know it's not been very profitable to just buy and hold things right uh over the past year so i've just been very much pure trade in and out mode and so I was up a little bit on Arbitrum and I got cold feet and I just kind of sold it immediately, even though I said, no, I want to build a big spot position. And then it had a rally uh, after I sold and I was like, fuck, dude, you told yourself you would hold this spot, you, you gotta commit if you're gonna have like these conviction plays to holding this spot. And so since then I've started rebuilding on dips, um, the Arbitrum position again, fortunately, uh, this day was actually, I think, the top. It was when it went to like $1 twenty something. So it's come back down since then. So it's provided me an entry again. Um, so basically, I wrote on here, ARB ripped, and I didn't have any. Could have stuck with it, but I sold because it was tracking ETH, and ETH was weak. Uh, and this was true. This was last week when ETH BTC was just going down, and Arbitrum, if you literally looked on the low time frame, like I was looking on like the 15-minute chart, and it was just directly tracking ETH, right? It was just directly ETH beta. I said, ETH is weak. I don't want to hold ARP. And that's why I sold it. But then Arbitrum had this day where it decorrelated from ETH and went on its own run. Um, And then obviously Ethereum then became strong this week. The other one, big L on FUMO. This one sucked. FUMO is the uh, Milady token with the stuffed doll thing that came out. I was pretty confident in that one. I thought, oh, we have a Milady token now, not just an NFT. It's a Milady token. This is great. It was like 12, 13 million market cap. Um, after like the first day and i thought oh this is pretty cheap the fake ladies token that was the other milady token that wasn't made by milady team at all uh went to like a hundred something million market cap and i was like oh this thing is is this is a great play i was really confident in it and man that thing has just been down only and that was a big loser for me um and that one sucked and uh i should have been more patient with the entry i i i had made money on it and then uh, like sold at like 40 something thousand. And then when it got down to like 35 or something, I started buying lower, lower, lower until finally I just cut it off. And, uh, that was a bad trade too. Um, and I, and I wrote on here, FOMO is the mind killer. Um, because so often, you know, you get into things and you just chase them because you're like, you always, at least for me, I'm often like, Oh, but what's the upside? You know, I do that a lot of like calculating, okay, if this trade hits, how much money do I make with that? That's just not a good way to go about it, right? You can't be focusing on the upside of every single trade. You have to be just focusing on like is this a good trade? Am I sized appropriately? Am I cuz sometimes you there there are times to take big swings on trades and size up, but that's pretty rare. If you're like constantly sizing really hard, you're, you're going to lose money because most trades you shouldn't be sized for. You should only be really heavily sized for like a few trades a year that are like really high conviction bets, you know? And I was just sizing up on too many things, trying to take too many swings. And this was part of the uh, I want to make it back idea, right? And I realized like I'm, I'm, I wrote down patience over glory. Um, and what I meant by that is like, I sold Arbitrum because it was like the slow-moving, boring coin, and then I was taking big swings on other coins that were like, oh, I'll be the fucking hero you know, if I hit big on this coin. And that's just such a mistake, that's ego trading, that's hero trading, you you can't do that. You can't do that, and it's so easy to fall into that, especially when the market's in an uptrend. You're like, oh, if I just swing big on this and hit it, oh, it'll make up for all the other losses, and, and then some, right? You can't do that. You you have to you have to like get that out of your brain. And so that was like what I wrote. I wrote FOMO is the mind killer, which is a Dune reference. I actually tweeted the whole uh, little poem from from do- from Dune, which is Fear is the mind killer. If you've ever read that like little poem, uh, and I just replaced it with FOMO is the mind killer because it just is. FOMO is FOMO is the mind killer when it comes to trading. You have to just. You need to remove FOMO from your mind. You need to remove it from your life because it is not helping you. It will never help you. You're just gonna chase trades. You're just gonna tr- chase money, right? You you don't want to chase money. You want to make money, right? That is the mindset you need to be in. And it's so, so easy, especially in crypto with the way things move, to just try to chase money. And you gotta get that reflex out of you. It's very hard, but you gotta get that reflex out of you. Um, and so that's that's basically what I wrote. Patience over glory. And I'll write shit big. Like I'll show you guys. Like I'll I don't know if I can get it on the camera or not, if it shows. Nah, it's kind of not focusing. But uh basically I'll write like big like headlines for myself. Patience over glory just grow the stack, stop swinging for the fences, less trades, better entries, more wins, right? Like that's what I wrote. And, and you just write shit like that every day because it's common sense and it's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing you've heard before or you haven't heard before. It's nothing, it's nothing you like don't know. It's almost like the journal is to help you just repetition, right? It's like, you just need to to, to nail yourself on the core principles over and over and over again, right? And and a big thing for me, I'll get into my common mistakes is what I, what I was going to get into earlier and I already got into some of them is, is when I miss my entry, I chase a lot and that's the FOMO is the mind killer part um, and chasing just almost never works, right? It almost never works. Um, there's rare occasions where it's justified and, and you have to be really skilled and there are a few places where I will chase because I know it's like a, a, a setup that I like, um, but that's rare, right? In most cases, chasing is not a good idea, especially in this market. Um, so so chasing trades, uh, forcing trades when you, when you haven't, like say you've had a few bad trades and you're like, oh, I wanna make it back, oh, I'm just going to long this. Oh, I'm just going to, or a lot of people, I don't do this, but I know a lot of people do this. Something will pump really hard and then their reaction is, oh, I missed this. Damn it. I'm just going to short it. That's like, that's like brain dead behavior. Do not do that, especially in crypto. So many people get blown out doing that shit. It's crazy to me how much people do that. I personally don't do that because I'm not much of a shorter. That's like the, I'm, I'm the, I'm the flip side of like, I'm like guy who tries to catch the knife and long the bottom five times before the bottom's in. Uh, So I have the opposite problem. But don't like short a pump just because something pumped really hard, right? Like that's like trading one-on-one. Don't do that bullshit. Um, Patience with entries, patience with uh, holding things, right? And it's hard, right? It's hard because there's always like – And this is where like just skill and experience comes in. It's like there are things that you should hold and there are things that you should just cut and take profit on. And knowing which is which is always like is always difficult. Um, And that just comes with experience. You just learn that over time. Um, But there are a lot of positions, I think, especially now. And I'm going to get into this later of like more of where we're at uh, high time frame and crypto going into the next the end of this year and into next year. Um, It's probably time to start getting good entries and holding things a bit more um especially with the high time frame trend that we're at uh and so anyways so so the point is i can't i'm not gonna list every single mistake but you get it right and you know your mistakes you'll know right i can i'm sure if you go journal right now and i highly recommend if you don't journal literally you can do it on your computer you can do it on a piece of paper it doesn't matter like just write down like what trades you made today were they good or bad? Right? Reflect. Did you lose money? Why did you lose money? Was it a bad trade? Was or was it an unlucky trade? Or was it genuinely bad? Did you chase in? Were you patient with your entry? Or did you just say, oh, I don't want to wait. I'm just gonna get in. Right? Like, like these are all the things that you have to be really honest with yourself about. And when you're honest with yourself, that's when you start getting better. Um, so that's that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is just the mindset you have to be in. Um, and I was thinking about this a lot in the last couple of weeks of, um, b- before I was in crypto, you know, a few years back, uh, I used to basically run like e-com businesses and stuff. I used to talk about this. Um, but basically I was in the e business. And one of the things that really changed the way I worked back when I was like, because I dropped out of college to do that uh, when I was like 18 and when i started it was very like shoot from the hip you know it was like winging it it was like the side hustle mentality right oh i'm making some money here they're doing this and when i started becoming more successful and getting more clients and doing all this stuff was when i stopped thinking of myself as a hustler and thinking of myself as like a businessman right i'm running a business right i have clients i have people who work for me i have processes and systems you know and and organization right and that was when i started making more money i started closing more clients i started like like automating more things and having because when you start it was like literally i would like sell I would sell the deal. I would, I would, you know, do like all the uh, like the proposals, I would do all the work myself, I would, you know, do the customer service, I was everything in one, right? And that's fine when you start. But then you can you kind of grow out of that. And when I when I was finally able to get better, um, as a business person was when I started treating myself as a businessman and acting as a businessman and you can call this like the fake it till you make it or whatever you want but I started pretending as if I'm not a one person company I'm a 50 person company because that's what I wanted to be right and then I started hiring people and then I started getting more clients right and having more organization in in systems and all that right and I was thinking about that with trading and it's like it's very easy with trading especially when you're by yourself like i said you don't have anyone holding you accountable it's just your money like obviously you want to make money you don't want to lose but but you're just doing your own thing right you're making decisions you're clicking the buttons everything relies on you but i was thinking about this and um you know part of what makes you better in everything is you have to be professional you have to treat what you do and take what you do seriously and i think what really helps is if even if you're just managing your own money in the same way that i said i would i started acting as if i was a running a 50-person company even though it was just me in the beginning you have to act as if you're running a fund right even if it's just your money you know you should you should have the mind state as if i'm a professional i am running a fund Okay, even if the fund is just your money, right? Family office, whatever you wanna call it, right? You have to treat yourself as a professional because that's when you take yourself seriously and you start taking your work much more seriously. Because if you're just managing your own money, you shoot from the hip, you know, you just kinda wing it a lot, and, and we're all guilty of this. But you have to get those habits out because the way you start being good and being profitable consistently and build your own self-confidence is when you have systems in place. You have a process, right? You know what to look for. You know the trades you take and the trades you don't. You don't fumble into things because, oh, this coin is hot. I don't care. That's not the trade I take. That's not my setup. If other people are making money on that, good for them. That's not my That's not my trade, right? You, you have to have a professionalism of how you go about things. You know, because for example, if you were running a hundred million dollar fund instead of whatever stack you're managing for yourself, but you were taking all the same trades, let's just assume you know, forget about you know, scaling issues with all this. But anyways, just you you get the idea here. And you had to report every single trade, and you had to make quarterly reports, and write investor letters, and all this stuff. And you have LPs to report to who have given you money, uh, limited partners, not liquidity providers. If you're not familiar with the uh, the vernacular right? You have people who have invested in your fund and you have to report to them what trades you make, right? Well, if you had to report all the trades you made and your thought process for taking trades and all of this, you'd probably think twice before you threw some money in some random meme coin and lost it, right? You'd probably think more about how you sized into trades, right? You would probably gamble a lot less and take higher probability and higher success rate or maybe not necessarily higher success rate but but more risk adjusted trades, right? If you had if you were managing a bunch of other people's money and you need to think about it in the same way for yourself you need to act as a professional right you need to catalog your trades and tell yourself why am i getting into this trade what's my invalidation where do i get out of this what is my thesis behind this what is the setup that i'm looking for right it can de- it depends if it's like a high time frame you know thesis trade is it a swing trade with a certain setup you like whatever whatever it may be you need to you need to catalog these things and you need to hold yourself responsible for these things in the same way that if you were managing a fund and say you had traders working for you, you would hold those traders responsible for those things. How would you feel if you're managing a fund and you have some trader working for you and he says, oh, man, I just lost a bunch of money on like chasing a bunch of meme coins. You'd say, do you have like edge trading those meme coins? Because I'm not saying don't trade meme coins. Obviously, there's a there's a huge amount of money be made but do you have an edge? Is there there some setup you like? Is there some repeatable track record that you have taking this type of trade, right? Or were you just chasing? Were you just FOMOing into, oh, these coins are hot right now. I bought Pepe 3.0, you know? (laughs) Whatever the latest crap is, right? Because if you have to hold yourself accountable, in the same way like if you had a boss or if you were running a fund, you would hold traders who worked for you accountable, then you're probably gonna take a lot less bad trades. And you're probably gonna take what you do a lot more seriously. Um, And then you need organization, you know? You need, when I say systems and process and all this, what I mean is you need to get organized. It's so easy to be disorganized in crypto because you know, there's not a lot of professionalism, I think, in this space. And that's one of the things that kind of holds us back as an industry that I think is getting better, but it's still not quite there. You you need to, you know, I have like spreadsheets for everything. You know, I have, I have, I, I'm, I'm, and you can use whatever you want. It doesn't really matter the tools, but just have like a system. Like for me personally, I use Google Sheets and I use Notion for pretty much everything. Um, I use Google Sheets for a ton of stuff. If I'm writing up Uh, uh, And if you're in the Discord, you'll see like different things. Like I wanna run numbers on a protocol, right? Like I did one on GND this week, um, in the Discord. And I just basically went through all their numbers. uh, And I said, hmm, this looks like a good trade. And it turned out to be, right? The price of the token was like 340 or something like that. And I said, man, each token is generating in, in revenue right now after like the protocol is 10 weeks old, like over $300 per token and they're like actively burning and decreasing the supply. I think these things are really undervalued and with the current rate of buyback and burns, there's almost no way the token can even stay at like 300 something dollars, right? It's going to have to go to like, you know, $600 plus is what I said in the discord. And guess what? In just a week it's gone from like 340 to like 450. And I have that because I have like a spreadsheet where I run through all the numbers, right? And there's a lot of spreadsheets that I don't share because I run the numbers. I'm like, ah, this is a shit protocol. I don't like it, you know? Um, You know, and I track a bunch of new projects. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to do a lot more of now that I got lazy on, again, get lazy when things are going well, is like airdrop farming and and keeping track of new stuff that's coming out and all these different protocols and all that, right? Right. and, and you have to track all these things. You need to have a calendar for when is this launching because how many times do you miss something just because you forgot it was happening that day, right? That happens to me a lot and it's a bummer. You shouldn't do that, right? You need to have a calendar of what, what events are happening this week, right? And that applies to like both like macro whatever events and literally protocol-specific things, right? So you need to have a system and process and whatever that looks like is up to you. You can design it yourself to make it work for you. But you need to have these things because that's what's going to make you more consistent. That's what's going to make you professional. That's what's going to make it so that when you start losing money, you're not worried because you say, oh, I'm just doing a little down streak. Things didn't go my way these past few weeks. Whatever. I have my system. I have my process. I can analyze what went wrong, what's going right. I can say, okay, what are the opportunities that are coming up that are going to get me out of this hole, right? You have all these things. It's about It's about taking yourself seriously, you know? And it's, it's like, it's like, you know, I love that succession uh, meme. I've posted it a couple times. I'm sure you guys have seen it when uh, Logan Roy, if you haven't seen the show, he's like the father figure and he like has these kids. Anyways, if you haven't seen the show, you, don't, you wouldn't get it. But anyways, the point is he tells them like they all want to run the company and he's the one, he's the founder and he's like old and he's deciding who's going to run the company after him. And he just tells them like, I love you kids but you're not serious people. And it's true, and I, and I look at that with crypto, and I look at that with myself, and you have to be honest with yourself and say, am I a serious person? Do I take what I do seriously? Or am I just an amateur, right? And the difference between an amateur and a professional is really just how you conduct yourself. There's not really much of a difference other than the professional comes in every day, and has a list of tasks that he knows he wants to to go through. I want. I need to check in on these protocols. I need to uh, check for my setups. I need to have a fil. I have. I need to go through my my filtering system to see if any uh, any any trades that I look for are are available right now, right? I need to take notes of what I did today and any mistakes. I need to log my trades and and say why I took them, right? Versus the amateur, just you know. Trades willy nilly, and oh, I forgot that was happening today, and oh, I missed that, oh, you know? Because there's so much free money to be made just in like being consistent and organized in crypto. It's like hilarious, right? And this is like obvious stuff. Anybody who like isn't works in TradFi would be like, yeah, this is like. This is like table stakes, right? This isn't – like what I'm telling you now is like this is like bare minimum what you would be doing if you worked in TradFi. But we work in crypto, which is just such an amateur space that people don't talk about this stuff that much. But it's very important to do. Um, And I'm telling you, when I do these things, I make more money and I'm more consistent. And when I fall off because I get lazy or because I'm – winning and I feel like oh I don't have to do that I'm making money things are good I fall off and then the only thing that gets me back on is basically getting back to the system or whatever you want to call it so that's that's my uh, my spiel for the day on what to do when you're in a rut because the thing with a rut is that if you're good and you know how to trade and you have ways of making profits consistently then ruts shouldn't bother you that much, right? You say, okay, you know, I'm not at the top of my game right now, but we're gonna get back to it. But when you're an amateur and you just shoot from the hip all the time, then all of a sudden you have no confidence in yourself to get back on that wagon, right? And so that's that's the difference. Treat yourself like a professional. Imagine you're running a $100 million fund, right? How would you go about it? You have to report to people whose money you're managing. Right, They're gonna expect, they're gonna ask you when you made that stupid trade, why'd you take that trade? So maybe before you take it, you should ask yourself that, right? So that's it, I think you guys get it. I encourage it, start today, you know? Stop the video. I'm gonna go into other stuff, but if you, stop the video right now and do it. Come back later, right? Go, go write like one page of a journal or go set up like a basic spreadsheet to catalog your trades. Do something basic if you don't already do that stuff. Because I'm telling you. You just you're just gonna be better if you do that stuff. It's just not even close. It's not even close. And don't listen to these people who say, oh, I don't do that. But well, fuck them. I don't care what anybody does. I really don't. Like, that's another thing when you're when you're new, you feel like, oh, I need to be, I need to be cool. I need to like, I wanna be this like guy who just is like really good and cool, oh, no, fuck that. I wanna make money, okay? And maybe there's people out there who can just shoot from the hip their whole lives and just make money, congratulations to them, hats off. I'm not that guy, okay? I'm not that guy, pal, <laughs> you know? I need organization, I need systems, I need processes to think through my trades and analyze my trades and understand the mistakes I'm making and feedback loops and all this stuff, right? And odds are you're that person too because this isn't just for trading. Like I said, this is for business. This is for life. There's a reason why companies have all these systems and processes, right? Because people work better when they have a checklist and they have an operating procedure, right? And they know what to do and they have to check in with their manager and they get feedback on their performance and all that. There's a reason the whole world operates this way because you just perform better when you do that shit. And trading is no different. So that's it. Uh... Let's move on. Let's get into um, the market in general. How far are we so far? About almost 40 minutes. Just shy. Um, Perfect. Okay, we'll wrap up on the market in general. So long term thoughts, long term thoughts. So like I said at the top of the show, we are in an uptrend. It's very clear. Look at the weekly monthly charts like we are clearly in an uptrend now. So the question is, obviously, how long will that uptrend last? And the bigger question, which I'm not there yet, and I think that it's too soon to make such a statement is, is this you know, the beginnings of a bull market? I'm not quite there, um, but it's, it's, it's an earnest question just by the mere fact that we're in a six-month uptrend. So I think it's not a ridiculous question to ask. But I think that whether it is kind of starting now or not, or if maybe we have one more leg up to wherever, 36, 40, something in that area on Bitcoin, and then pull back down, maybe retest that 25, and then that's the bull or something like that, um, you know, we don't know. You can't predict these things. But it's time to start thinking we are closer to a bull, to the new bull than we are to the last one right if there's anything i can say with some confidence is that we are more than halfway there um and so you have to shift your thinking and this is what i was talking about with like one of the mistakes i was making is i'm trying to build more long-term spot positions now um because the thing with bull markets you don't know when they're gonna happen you don't know when they're gonna start and so you kind of just have to start positioning beforehand and you know, letting your positions flow with the wind and flow with the market a bit, and be okay sitting in them for a while. So the only tokens that I'm really accumulating so far are obviously ETH, um, and then uh, Arbitrum are the are the two that I'm interested. Just because those are tokens that I'm like, well, fairly certain that a year from now those will both be worth more money than they are today, right? Um, and there's other reasons to hold those two. They're both good for uh, collateral in terms of if I want to borrow against them and I can use them in different DeFi protocols and things like that, Um, but mainly just like I think that they're like as far as crypto goes, relatively safe long-term bets, right? Um, Maybe Arbitrum passed like March next year. I don't know once the unlocks start, but at least up until March next year, I'm fairly confident Arbitrum will be You know, worth more than like a dollar, dollar ten, or whatever it's at now. Um, And Ethereum, same thing, right? So, so you have to you have to start. And there's other coins that I'm interested in, but none that I've like really pulled the trigger on building spot position in. Um, And so you have to you have to start thinking about the spot positions you want to hold, and then kind of more high time frame trades that you're interested in, and slowly, slowly, not all at once, not go all in right now, not, you know, take massive risk, slowly start thinking, okay, if this is the beginning of a bull market, how do I want to start thinking about things? Um, What are the things going into the next bull market, the protocols, the big ideas, the potential narratives that I care about going into this bull market. Okay, actually, I just paused for a minute because I realized I have, I could probably I want to go a lot longer on the big picture <laughs> uh, crypto like <laughs> ideas. And I probably should just dedicate a whole separate episode to that since I already went like 40 minutes on the trading part. And I think I should just keep these two separate episodes. So I'm going to leave you the cliffhanger. (laughs) Sorry to do that. But I'll make a new episode um, probably pretty soon. Um, Let's see how the the next couple days go. But maybe I'll just make another episode really soon with just – that part because I want to make that separate. It's gonna probably take an hour of talking and I don't want to do another hour of talking after doing 40 minutes of that. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Sorry to leave you the cliffhanger like that. But uh, follow me on Twitter, at D underscore gills, Follow me on threads. We doing threads now? I'm D dot, yeah, same thing, D gills, but with a dot instead of an underscore. Um, Those links are in the description. Well, the Threads one probably isn't, so just search it, d.gilz. But Twitter's always there. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm more active on Twitter. And uh, join the Discord if you would like. Uh, Just DM me on Twitter if you want an invite. And that's pretty much it, guys. I will see you next week. Sorry for the abrupt stop, I just kind of realized I was like, oh, I have a lot to talk about, but it's not gonna happen in like, Because I don't like these to go over an hour. I was like, this is not gonna happen in like 15, 20 minutes. So we're gonna do another episode shortly, and we're gonna keep this one contained. Anyways, I think what you guys think about this one though, um, the professionalism, the thinking about how you trade, and all of that, because it's really important, right? It's really important the mental frameworks of trading, um, and especially I think the the hard parts and the, the 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 down parts that a lot of people don't talk about, the less sexy stuff. So, anyways, thanks so much for listening and watching, I will talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.